The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at MiamiDade.gov slash PlasticFree305. Everybody, this is Rams Up, your favorite LA Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our YouTube handle is at LA Rams Up. Hey, we're not insiders here. We're just Rams fans that love talking about our LA Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Hey, Ram fans, Mark from Rams up here. It's been a while since I've felt this good after a Rams win. I mean, we had that Raider-Ram game last year, but didn't really matter much, right? Coming off a 5-12 and season, they go up to Seattle without their best receiver, their best offensive player, perhaps, their second best player, you might say, and they dismantle the Seahawks in the second half, come away with a 30-13 to win in a game. Not a lot of people were picking the Rams in this one, but they were clearly the better team. <laughs> Got to be uh, happy with how this game turned out, and maybe it's about having low expectations as well, and, um, it, and ha- it having been so long since we've seen this Ram team perform like this, and a lot of that has to do with our quarterback, Gunslinger Matt Stafford, man, on top of his game. 
So the Rams are down 13 to 7 at halftime in a pretty even game. Rams had that opening drive, 16 plays, 75 yards with Kyron Williams punching it in. And then in the second half, man, they outscore the Seahawks 23 to nothing. Seahawks, they did lose their two tackles, and uh, Tyler Lockett banged up for a moment. But this was a mismatch in the second half. The Rams looked like they were the, the far better team and some youngsters stepping up too. That was what's really exciting. Now, and let me talk about that for a second. You know, there seems to be two camps of Ram fans out there. One camp thinking that this year is kind of a lost cause. Uh, let's see what these draft picks can do for us. And then we'll have a go at it in 2024. And if you're one of those folks, then you got to be happy. Uh, Puka Nakua, he showed up, right? Second-year player Kyron Williams finally making an impact on an NFL game, really for the first time. Steve Avila and this offensive line looked super solid. And then Byron Young and Kobe Turner both pitching in. So you got to feel good about, well, the fact that four of our draft picks showed up and played really well. Two of them extremely well. But if you're in the other camp that I belong to, that this team could be extremely competitive, um, we don't know. We just don't know, right? I, I didn't know what this team was going to bring this year. We're, we have to feel really good about where this team is right now because they look pretty darn good, pretty competitive. Now, it's opening day. You know, as the announcers were saying, uh, opening day lies a lot to us. So I'm not, uh, you know, penciling the Rams in for a playoff spot, but I am eagerly anticipating how the season develops. And that's why this game was so important, extremely important, because who do they have next? They have the 49ers, who actually look like the best team in the league against the Steelers. And then after that, they get the Bengals on Monday night. They did struggle, but it's still Joe Burrow and the Bengals under the lights in Cincinnati. Then they come back and get the Colts, who will be no pushover with Anthony Richardson there. A little bit of a break, though. And then they get the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending NFC champions. So they get three teams that played in conference championship games last year in their first five games. So got to pump the brakes on getting too excited about the Rams' prospects. But hey, if they had lost this game, not only would it have reflect it poorly on, you know, these youngsters perhaps, but it also would have really put a damper on their end's playoff prospects after one week of football. So big win. Now, just so you know, uh, I will be doing two additional segments and I'll compile that and this into the podcast for tomorrow morning. So some of those segments that I typically cover, uh, individual performances, review of the coaches, refs, and reviewing my fearsome four keys to the game and what were the fearsome four big plays of the game. That'll be on the upcoming segments. For now, just go through some key stats. The Rams had 27 first downs, the Seahawks only 13. They outrushed the Seahawks 92 to 85. And the one thing the Rams had to do was slow down that uh, Seahawk rushing attack. And they did on the interior, I felt like they did. But on the outside, still giving up some edge rushes, uh, let, letting the edge, giving up the edge. And that's something we saw in the preseason. I, I was hoping it was limited to 
the second and third stringers, but Byron Young, Michael Hoyt, and others really struggled with that. So they're going to have to figure that out before they play the 49ers. But the interior rush defense is okay. And offensively, they were okay on the uh, running the ball, Kyron Williams especially. Cam Akers looked a little indecisive, and his stats line is going to look really bad. But a lot of that was due to the fact that he was uh, given the task of running out the clock late there and just more concerned about ball security, even though we we did have one scary moment there. I was thinking to myself, can we just put Ben Skyronic back there and have him plunge forward, secure the ball, take a knee? What are we doing pitching the ball to Cam Akers? Stafford, 24 for 38 for 334 yards, and he had a few drops too. All TDs came on the ground, though, two for Williams, one for Akers. Geno Smith, just 112 yards passing, and that's another thing I talked about, giving away some of my fearsome four keys to the game was which Geno are we going to get? The Rams' offensive line did not give up a sack. They had two on the defensive side. They split them up half sacks for A.D., Byron Young, Kobe Turner, and Michael Hoyt. The Rams converted 11 of 17 third downs. Man, in the first half, there were just a ton of third downs for both teams. And for the most part, they both just kept on cashing them in. Uh, In the second half, it was just a different story, especially for the Seahawks. So what does this all mean? Well, to me, it means the Rams can be competitive this year and push for a possible playoff spot. That's all it really means. And I'm not jumping on the Rams to the playoffs bandwagon yet. But what I saw today looked like a team, looked like a team still kind of maybe finding its footing on defense, an offensive line, and a quarterback that looked extremely confident. Wide receivers look pretty good. I was worried about that without Cooper Cup, and that was another one of my fearsome four keys to the game. Which Ram receiver is going to step up? Well, two of them did. Van Jefferson had to drop, but that actually didn't end up costing us because we did end up scoring a touchdown on that drive. But, man, a lot to like about this team, a lot to like about the coaching, how they've gotten these guys ready. Um, So there's a lot of good things we saw. Puka Nakua is the real deal. The offensive line is solid. Tutu Atwell finally showing up. Kyron Williams quick in the red zone. Uh, We got a one-two punch at running back right now. like to see more production out of Cam Akers, but... Uh, I'll be patient with him. It's only day one, right? The special teams, I feel better now than I did uh, late in the first half. There are some struggles there, but those were long field goals. He finally did hit a long one and a couple of short ones. So Brett Maurer came through for us for the most part. Ethan Evans only had one punt. One punt. One punt at Seattle without Cooper Cup. That's pretty impressive. And what would I like to see? Uh, Where do we need to improve? mainly defending the edge, really, and maybe trying to get more pressure on the quarterback early in the game. There were times where Geno Smith was just standing back there, but the Rams figured that out, but actually they figured it out against second-string tackles. Let's be honest with ourselves. So we'll talk about that other stuff in my upcoming drops on the YouTube channel and included on the Monday morning podcast, but Feel good about this one, Ram fans. This was fun. Rams once again go up to Seattle. We can say one thing for sure. One thing we know right now that all those naysayers were wrong. 
This is not a bad football team. And you know what? I have to say, I listened to two different YouTube channels the other day. And these guys, these were, these were gambling sites, and they were talking about the Rams. And they were apparently looking at the Rams' death chart on defense, and they were just awestruck by how horrible this defense is going to be. Problem is, I don't think they know who any of these guys are, except for Aaron Donald. They probably don't even know who Ernest Jones is. They don't know who Jordan Fuller is, or Russ Yeast, or Kobe Durant, or Quentin Lake, or Kobe Turner, or Byron Young. You don't know who they are, so how can you say they're going to be bad? I... What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. I opted to be a little bit patient, not pass judgment. Let's see these guys play. And I was pretty happy with what I saw. This Ram, team, this Ram team might just be okay in 2023. Hey, welcome back, Ram fans. Following up on the Rams-Seahawks game with some more content here. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, hopefully you caught my quick recap already. All of this will be on the podcast. If you're listening on if you're listening on the podcast, you won't miss anything. This segment, I'm going to review my fearsome four keys to victory for the Rams. I'm going to tell you what my fearsome four big plays were, the ones that sealed the win for the Rams, and then we'll get into some game notes, player props, game balls, coach's corner, take a look at the refing, all of that good stuff. Two different segments here, but we'll get through all of it one way or another. What were my fearsome four keys to the game? Well, number one was stop the run. I had concerns about this Rams defensive line being able to contain Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. Charbonnet was really a non-factor. Kenneth Walker had a decent game when he finished with 64 yards. And interior defense was actually really good. I was not... I was pleasantly surprised with how well they did containing the run game, especially early. They did give up some yardage, but it wasn't horrible. The damage was done on the outside. Um, The the Rams did not seal the edge well. I talked about that in the recap as well. That's something they're going to have to fix. But generally, I thought they slowed down that Seahawk run game. And, uh, you know, there are some people predicting the Rams are just going to run down the Seahawks are going to run down the Rams' throat all day long, and that really wasn't the case. They got outside a few times, picked up some some uh, significant yardage, but that wasn't it. Was, certainly wasn't enough to slow down the Rams. The second thing I thought the Rams had to do to win this game was run the ball themselves, and I'm going to have to say I was a little disappointed in that respect. Uh, Cam Akers had a had a nice run early in the game, and Kyron Williams did some damage in the red zone. But I thought they would be more successful running behind this offensive line. But I'm not totally, I'm not really that concerned. Um, Cooper Cup out of this game. This may have been a tactical thing by the Seahawks to to try to deny the Rams' ability to run up the heart of their defense. And they suffered the consequences, though, Matthew Stafford having a big game. So Rams need to improve running the ball. And it's going to be a tough task next week. Another really stout run defense up there. Uh, in San Francisco. They'll be coming down to SoFi. 
see if the Rams can get that run game going. The third thing that was key to a Rams victory was really under the Seahawks' control and what the Rams could do to disrupt Geno Smith, which Geno Smith we're going to see. And it was not a good Geno Smith. And I'm not sure how much we put on him. How much is it on how much is on him and how much is just on this entire offense and losing his two tackles that didn't help either. And the fourth thing, and I think I nailed this one, and the Rams nailed this one, which receiver is going to step up with uh, Cooper Cup out? And the receivers were incredible. I mean, Puka Nakua, he looks like the real deal. Tutu Atwell uh, got off to a slow start, but in the end there, um, he, he had some big catches. And we'll talk about that in a minute when we get to our foursome, fearsome four big plays. Big game for both our two of our receivers. Van Jefferson had a drop. Uh, that was kind of an awkward play. Should have had it, obviously, but it was uh, he just turned turned awkwardly and did not really attack the ball like you should. Uh, and that fortunately did not end up costing us because we did score a TD on that drive. And what were my fearsome four big plays? Well, let's go back to the opening drive. Second and goal from Seattle 17. The Rams are down three to nothing, and Stafford hits Puka. For 16 yards down to the one, and they're able to cap that drive shortly afterwards with the touchdown. Uh, that's a big play. You get pushed back. Um, that, that's not an easy place to score from, as we know. And the big catch by Puka, and that kind of set the tone with Stafford and Puka for the whole game, I think. Second big play. Here's some big play number two. The Rams are down 13 to seven. Um, Van Jefferson. This is their first drive of the second half. Van Jefferson has that drop. They pick up a first down anyways, and then third and eight from their own 48, a 44-yard pass play from Stafford to 2-2 Atwell. And that was uh, obviously a big play, led to Kyron Williams' second touchdown, and the Rams take the lead for good, go up 14-13. to Third big play of the game. And yeah, I'm focusing on the defense here, on the offense here. The defense played very well, but I thought it was the offense that really carried the day for the most part. Um, not to not to belittle what the defense did, but the offense just came kept on coming up with big plays, big play one after another. And then the defense sealed the deal at the end, like they have so many times against the Seahawks, it seems like. And Aaron Donald's always involved. But big play number three, uh, fourth and one, Acres scores from the one. It was uh, the Rams were up 17 to 13 at that point. And yeah, you kick a field goal, you're still vulnerable, right? Especially with guys like Tyler Lockett. How many times has he had a big catch when you, you just think the Rams are trying to salt away a win? And then Seahawks, comes, Seahawks come back with a big play, uh, often involving Tyler Lockett. And uh, so that fourth and one score by Acres made me feel a lot better. And then later in the fourth, the Rams were up 24 to 13, trying to run out the clock, and I'm still not in my comfort zone yet. And then that third and eight pass from Stafford to Puka Nakua on the sideline there, a thing of beauty. Man, that was an incredible play. Uh, those are my fearsome four big plays of the game, probably leaving out some plays that the defense made, but none of them were really, you know, um, plays that really uh, turn the tide in, in a significant way or 
or didn't have an impact on the outcome like these plays did, at least in my opinion. Worth noting, a couple of notes on this game, DK Metcalf was asked a few days before the game in a, a press conference, uh, hey, uh, what do you think of the Rams secondary? And he basically said, I don't think I can name a single one of them. By the way, that sequence with him, that was really a bad look for him. Just violates the these, this uh, contract that all these players have with each other. You know, play hard, play to the whistle, but no cheap shots where you're going to get someone unnecessarily hurt. And I don't know if I've ever seen I've ever seen Sean McVay as mad. And you know, the refs are going to miss stuff like that. I get it, but um, McVay got their attention. And I think somehow they became aware of what had happened and they were not messing around on the next play. Before the next play, they flagged Metcalf. And uh, I don't know if you characterize that as a makeup call or, you know, you got, you know, the guy gets what he deserves and um, really bad look for Metcalf. And he has a history of these types of bozo plays um, playing outside the lines um, and uh, not doing much for his reputation. And I have a feeling if you go back and watch that handshake with uh, Pete Carroll and Sean McVay, there was an apology in there somewhere about Metcalf's behavior. And it might have been something like, Sean, don't worry about it. I'm going to kick Metcalf's butt myself. And and, uh, that would have been very fitting. We'll be back with a little bit more next up. We'll give out some kudos game balls, talk about the coaching, the refs and anything else, leftover items to talk about this big Rams win. The first place, Los Angeles Rams, uh, flying home from a 30-13 win over the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, we got a little bit more on this Rams game. Let's get into our player props segment. Who deserves kudos? Well, there's quite a few, actually. How about that offensive line, that big, hulking offensive line? We haven't had an offensive line like this in a while. Uh, Paul Wally had texted me during the game that they averaged 304 pounds. And now run blocking may need a little bit of work. wasn't bad, but the pass protection was pretty spot on. Matthew Stafford kept pretty clean the whole game, had to scramble, ran for one uh, one first down or close to a first down, and that was the one where Mark Sanchez had the uh, the cute quip, unhitch your wagon guy, and it was uh, it was fun watching Stafford rumble like that, uh, one, one yard short of the first down, I think it was, and then he uh, had a quarterback sneak on the next play, I believe. But the offensive line uh, did a great job, and Matthew Stafford, uh, this is – the Matthew Stafford, the Rams trade it for, and you're starting to understand how unhealthy he might have been last year because he looked like a different guy. He was gunslinging it. Some of those throws he made, some of them were a little bit risky, but pretty darn accurate. He had a little bit of a couple of misconnections with Puka early in the game, probably more on the rookie than on Stafford. But man, he made some beautiful throws and just looks like uh he looks so confident, so healthy, mean and lean. Matthew Stafford, I like what I see. And hey, how about Raheem Morris? You know, everybody's expecting this defense to be horrible. How many times have I heard it over the last few weeks? This defense is going to get steamrolled. And I'm not talking about some of the guests on my show. Uh, it's valid for 
for some of the guys that come on the show to be a little concerned. But these experts across the NFL that really know nothing about this defense and Raheem Morris, he's just sitting back saying, okay, we'll see. We'll see what we got here. And um, got to give Raheem Morris some credit. It looked like that old Ben don't break defense early on, but he was rotating a lot of guys in, a lot of guys contributing, uh, elevated their game. And I just think a lot of people just have no clue about what the Rams have on this defense. And if anybody knows, I would think it'd be Raheem Morris. And on the offense side, offensive side of the ball, kind of the same deal with Matthew Stafford in the uh, – uh, where did he? Where did he say it? In the uh, in the locker room, as he brought the team in for a huddle, uh, people on the outside of this locker room have no effing clue. Uh, let them say what they want to say. I think it's basically. Uh, I think I'm capturing that, not verbatim, but you get the idea. Uh, I love those uh, post-game victory locker room rants by Sean McVay and some of his te- some of his players. It's always good stuff. So who had bad games? Well, you know, Van Jefferson, the one drop. Yeah, you got to call that out. If you're going to call anything out, I guess that would be the one. But I'll give Van Jefferson a pass. Um, I think he'll catch the next one. And then, um, you know, Michael Hoyt and Byron Young struggled at times, still on the edge. I I did not watch real closely yet or review the film yet. I suspect it's on them not doing a good job sealing the edge, especially Byron Young. But I think he's going to be a really good player. Don't get me wrong. And um, what about the coaching, the coaching corner that I like to share? The one thing I do like is early in the game, the Rams deciding not to return those punts, didn't even field them. I'm wondering if they had some uh, intelligence on this um, Seattle punter that they're going to, He's not good at, at getting some reverse rotation on the ball, perhaps, because he had a couple of punts that were landing inside the five, and they all they both ended up in the end zone. It might seem risky, but I'm I'm okay with that. Even if we end up at the five or tens, sometimes I'm okay with that. I, I just do not like fielding punts that deep. Our return game hasn't been that good. It's really been uh, fair catch, hand the ball to the offense, and in this case, we uh, the coaches I think made the decision to not field these punts. Kyron Williams, perhaps he made the call. Whoever made the call to let those balls, let those punts go, uh, I'm okay with that. And I want to say one thing about Tutu Atwell, too, that, uh, you know, during the game uh, early on, I'm I'm texting a couple people about uh, how the Rams were playing and how Puka was playing. And we had thoughts of, hey, what could we get for, for Tutu Atwell when Cooper Cup comes back? Your initial th- thought would be that, you know, maybe Puka's going to sit, but I don't think so. But someone's going to sit, and uh, our exchange was basically, hey, let's send him to the Chiefs for uh, a 2026 seventh rounder maybe. I don't know. Let's get something for him. I think I've changed my mind on that. You know, this is really the first time we've seen a healthy Matthew Stafford and a somewhat experienced Tutu Atwell. And the guy's still extremely young, right? So uh, pump the brakes on. Let's move on from Tutu Atwell. Uh, I understand that going into the game. I understand that sentiment. But at this point, I want to see a little bit more of Tutu Atwell. And I can't wait to see 
Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua on the field together uh, could be a lot of fun. The refing, I think there were a couple questionable calls early on that I didn't like that were, you know, the home team gets those calls. Okay, we'll roll with it. But they they got, uh, you know, the refs came back our way later in the game. We got a couple calls that helped us out, uh, borderline calls as well. And then the, uh, you know, the D- DK Metcalf getting disciplined, uh, severe, severe discipline, severe discipline issued by the refs on DK Metcalf. And uh, could be some fines coming too, I would suspect. So that's all I got for this game, man. What a fun game. What a great way to start the season. Um, came The game, by the way, came un, on the under slightly. I think the final over-under was 45. We got to 43. I was taking the over, so I was wrong on that. Uh, both these teams had long, methodical drives early in the game. She took a lot of time off. That reduced the score in Seattle. Their offense just became pretty pathetic late in the game when they lost their tackles, but the Rams obviously covered. Uh, I will come back later this week. I will have updated power rankings. I will have week two game picks. See how me and Matt did with our picks. I think he hurt me on one switch I made, but he helped me on the other. And, of course, a preview of the Rams 49er game. Going to be interesting. I think the early odds are 49ers by seven. I get it. Sounds about right, actually. It's going to be a tough, tough game for the Rams. I think right now you would think the 49ers are better on both sides of the ball than the Rams. But the Rams can be competitive. Uh, Can they steal a win against the 49ers? We can only hope, right? So we'll, uh, we'll have a preview of that game later in this week. For now, out here from Rams up. going to do it for this episode remember you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com visit our website at ramsup.com and don't forget about our youtube channel our handle is at laramsup.com till next time keep the horns up stay safe and have fun out there music courtesy of the youtube audio library tracks featuring bar crawl by track tribe Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamahama. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plastic-free 305.